Welcome back, everyone. Another week of Taurus Talk here at SG Taurus. I'm your host, Matt LePan. Finishing off our month-long conversation on smart home and connected controls with train technologies. And we're doing that by discussing the future of smart home and connected controls. To do that, we have two amazing guests on as we've had all month. But today our guests are first Michael Mori, the product manager for Thermstats over at Train Technologies. Michael, welcome to Taurus Talk. We're happy to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. And we also have on Carrie Norton, the director of digital product development. Carrie, welcome to you as well. Thanks, Matt. Happy to be here. We're very excited to have you both on. And again, we're talking the future here. This is something that so many folks have these questions on what are the next steps? Where is this going in the next couple of years and how can I benefit from it? Well, to all you dealers out there listening, these are the folks that are going to really give you the information that you are looking for and the information you need. Again, nobody better than talking with our folks over at Train Technologies. And Gary, we're going to start with you. We're talking about agile commercialization of smart home and connected controls. Can you get into what that is and why this is something that our dealers are going to be excited about in the future here? Sure. Yeah. So I can talk a little bit about what we mean when we when we say agile as we do software development. Really, agile is around this idea that when you're developing software, things change frequently. So technologies change, the business landscape changes. And so to be agile really means that we, instead of having a, a really huge plan that we execute to that may take years to complete, we kind of work in small increments. And then we like to try things with our customers so that we can get feedback and really make sure that it's meeting the need and that it's working well for the customers. And so on our side, that means that we are doing more testing. We're kind of evaluating things much more frequently and coming up with kind of shorter increments of what we're delivering. For our customers, that means, and I guess on the commercialization side of it, what that means is that we really value customer feedback. So instead of having, you know, big bang of, you know, 50 new features, we'll come out with one new feature, a couple of new features. And then we really want to hear the feedback on that because the plan is that we will react to feedback. We're just not working on the next thing. We're hoping to hear feedback from the dealers and from the users of the software to see if they like it, if it meets the need, if there's, you know, things that aren't working right for them, and then we can react quickly and make changes to that. For the dealers out there listening, you know, this is making sure that your feedback is heard and it's heard quickly. Right in the past, with other companies, you may have given feedback and nothing happens for a long period of time and then you get something new and it's not what you want. Well, Train Technologies is not doing that. They're making sure that you are getting your feedback heard and the agility to it, the quickness that you're going to start seeing these features rolled back out or corrected or changed is huge. It's it's a, a company that is just a massive company and produces so much hearing your needs and making sure that they are answering your needs. And Carrie, what kind of went into the the idea to make sure that the updates and everything were more agile in terms of getting out there quicker and make sure that the response to the dealers out there was more agile? It's really about putting the focus on our, our customers. Again, this is kind of a, a movement that's happening all over. And it started really in software, but it's kind of moved to a lot of different uh, parts of doing business is this idea that things change so quickly. And if you if you don't move quickly, you're, you're going to fall behind. And so if you really think about putting your customer first and focusing on your customer, that's how you can always make sure that you're delivering the most value to the customer. And so that's where, you know, kind of built into our processes, this idea that as we build things, 
we build them in increments, like I said. And so we really try to you know, make sure that we're doing the right thing by the customer. So like I said, this is something that's been happening in the software industry for, for quite a long time. So it's really just a matter of, I think for us, making sure that we get the feedback and then that we're always in a position to react to the feedback rather than just having this whole big plan that we can't stray from. You discussed doing what's right for the customers and doing what you've heard from the customers out there and our dealers. What does the future of smart home look like based off of this feedback and based off of your plan of being more agile with this commercialization of the product? Our strategic direction today is really to focus more on our core competencies as train of comfort, efficiency, and air quality. Basically, our ecosystem includes our smart thermostats, our home application, and our diagnostics application that sort of feed into that ecosystem, giving the customers, the consumers, the control and peace of mind, and making the dealer's life easier through diagnostics and kind of a connection to their customer. And we also look for partnerships that will support this. So as an example, last year, we made a partnership with a company called Aware that makes an air quality monitor. So that kind of ties in with our air quality directive. So if our consumers buy the air quality monitor, they can use that to monitor the quality of the air and then have their HVAC system react if they're having problems with their air. And so all of that kind of, you know, feeds into the agile conversation that we just had and sort of, you know, figuring out with that focus in mind, what are the best things that we can deliver to meet that need. And so this is kind of applying the conversations we've been having throughout this month on these connected controls and on smart home and train home and American standard home apps and the diagnostics and making sure that it is as quick and easy as possible for you to be able to serve your customers out there, you the dealer to serve your customers in a more efficient way, right? You want everything to be working together, working in conjunction with each other. And this is how Train Technologies is doing it. It's through these diagnostics. It's through partnerships with other companies as well to make sure that everything is comfortable and safe and your homeowners that you're serving or your business owners that you're serving are as happy and comfortable as possible. Because in the end, that's that's really the goal with everything. And Carrie, kind of continuing on that, we talk about Train Home, American Standard Home apps. What is next when it comes to Trained American Standard Home? And what can dealers expect going forward? We're, again, really kind of looking at a lot of different things in the industry that I think Michael's going to talk a little bit more about. But we have some new things coming up that I can't go into too much today. But really, again, with this focus of having listened to our customers and our dealers over time and coming out with you know new exciting features for them. So I think a little bit more to come on that, Matt. Michael, I kind of want to bring you in on that. Why will these apps be the preferred choice of homeowners going forward? As Carrie mentioned, there's a lot of development work in creating an app that is very user and friendly, user intuitive. We want to be able to design apps to where homeowners don't have to ask a question, right? There is no user manual. There is no calling of the dealer and explaining me, you know, how do I use this app? You know, as we center around that design methodology, that's the reason why people are going to want to, you know, migrate to the train home app is because it's going to have that feature functionality. It's going to be able to tie into the equipment, uh, give homeowners and dealers alike the information that they need uh, in a very easy and consistent manner with what they're used to in dealing with the service and the installation of the equipment. And then just for homeowners, you know, long term, they'll have 
the control at their fingertips, not only for the HVAC, but for all the different smart home product that, that tie into. I think what's, what's really great about this and something that the dealers can bring to it, right? It's going to be the choice of homeowners and you'll be able to sell it to homeowners because it's easy to use, because it's intuitive, because you're not going to have somebody calling you a week after you install it and go, I can't figure this thing out. Why'd you ever sell it to me? You know, feeling like they got ripped off. No, they're going to be happy. They're going to be excited to talk about the fact that they can use the train American standard home apps and they can use it easily. That's going to spread word of mouth and hopefully bring some goodwill to you, the dealer, because you're providing a product and being able to provide the diagnostics and the service behind that in an easy manner. It's not, you know, a lot of people, they think of smart home connect controls and all that. And they think like, this is so hard to learn. This is so difficult. It's not that train American standard home apps are not that. And this is how you can sell it to the homeowner and why the homeowner is going to be happy. Right, Michael? Absolutely. Yeah. And and one thing I just wanted to point out too, is that you know, one of the, the issues that, that people have when they're selling equipment, right, whether you're you're buying it from Train or, or some other competitor, is that traditionally these OEMs, these, you know, HVAC manufacturers, they don't have core competencies in app development, right? Mm-hmm. We're not, they're not necessarily or traditionally considered a tech company. So, you know, we're competing with the likes of, you know, the big dogs, Google, Honeywell, Ecobee, all these other thermostat companies and, and providers that spend tremendous amount of money into development, user experience, user design. And that's what's great about train technologies is that they have put the money and the resources where they need to be so that we can consider that a core competency and we can showcase that in the train home app. All right, Michael, I want to talk about matter. What is it and why is it important for folks out there to know? Matter is a, a really interesting thing. It came about a couple of years ago. It is a specification that's managed by the CSA, and the CSA stands for Connectivity Standards Alliance. They were formerly known as the Zigbee Alliance, and if you're familiar with Zigbee, Zigbee is a wireless protocol and, and specification standard uh, for wireless communication utilizing a Zigbee radio, right? So a couple of years ago, in the smart home space, right, it was always fragmented, right? People would buy, you know, they might buy a device from one vendor and then the next year they would get a, you know, Black Friday deal, buy another device, maybe a camera, maybe a, a, a door lock. And so each each of these devices came from different smart home hub integrators, right? Like Google or Samsung or Alarm.com. There's a, a lot of them out there. The problem is that none of them really talk to each other, right? Everybody wanted Mm -hmm. their own kind of proprietary protocol and homeowners are the ones kind of dealing with it because they're like, man, I wish, I really wish that I could just have kind of this one experience where I can manage all my smart home stuff. So a lot of the big companies kind of got together a while ago and they decided and, and committed to putting efforts and resources into developing the matter standard. And so, you know, of those names, Apple, Google, Samsung, like a lot of these these big players in the space kind of all got together and said, hey, we need to work on something where devices can talk and communicate to each other. So that standard is going to be really important moving forward. We're, we're keeping an eye on it just so that uh, you know our systems can integrate into them as well. But the concept, once this uh, first standards, it's going to release later this uh, year, probably in a few months here is what we're looking at. But once that releases, right, that's going to be kind of the the opening of the door of 
letting all these homeowners kind of utilize devices that can kind of all intertwine and then they can pick their smart home hub integrator of choice for voice commands or, or app control, whatever it might be. So homeowners aren't going to need, you know, a hub for their lights, a hub for the camera, a hub for the HVAC system, a hub for this, a hub for that. What essentially it sounds like is that with Matter, they're going to be able to kind of have everything connect together and they'll be able to pick whatever hub they want and be able to control everything. Is that kind of the the nuts and bolts of it? Yeah, that's essentially it. As a lot of these peripheral devices, um, you know, it will re- likely require kind of a software upgrade, which can be done. You know, I'm, I'm assuming as we move forward, a lot of these will be upgraded to be "quote unquote" matter certified, right? But yeah, as as people buy a new hub that's matter certified, it should be able to easily talk to all these different devices, uh, regardless of where they bought it from. And so, in the smart home world, matter matters. Don't forget that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Michael, data is just, it's always been something important, but it's never been something, not never, it, it's been something that's been more difficult to get than a lot of dealers are willing to put the time in on. Why is it going to be even more important and what's being done to make it easier for those dealers to extract that data and use it to their advantage? Train, you know, we want to take up, you know, I guess to that last question is we're kind of taking on that role of of being able to display and visualize data that is very easy for for contractors. But, you know, if you look at the HVAC industry, most of the systems that are being installed are what we'll call kind of quote unquote dumb systems, right? You've got contactors, you've got relays, you've got 24 volt signals. You know, there are a lot of smart thermostats and Wi-Fi enabled devices that are connecting bits and pieces of data. But if you look at the HVAC systems as a whole, they're generally, right, there isn't a lot of data to be had. And moving forward, one of the things that we've noticed in, in our analysis of the industry is that there's going to be labor shortages coming up. There's going to be less and less technicians available to do work. That will likely drive the cost, right? And so we we anticipate that data will be kind of the bridge to that gap where we can provide a solution where dealers are, are more efficient on site, right? So, you know, this this world of this data is going to come in, it's going to be able to say exactly what the dealer needs to do. It's going to walk them through how they need to set it up, what they need to do. I mean, there's the, the possibilities are endless, but that's kind of the, the nuts and, and bolts about it is that HVAC data is going to be really, really important to dealers because they're going to need to be more, more and more efficient as, as time progresses. And some of the efficiencies can include grabbing that data before you get on the road, right? And make sure that you're armed with everything you need when you get to a job. So you're not necessarily reacting to things on the job. You're going in prepared and you can get in and get out quicker. Yeah, the idea is that we can pull that data. Dealers will will be able to get it remotely, know exactly what they need to be doing on site, and we can walk them through that process. And then they get in, get out, and they, they get paid. Time is money. You want to make sure that you're doing everything you can. And make sure you go back, listen to our podcast we did just a couple of weeks ago on diagnostics and the importance of them and what kind of data you can gather. It's really game changing stuff that we're going to be looking at. You know, there's already some now, but there's so much more that can be had and train technologies working on getting that to you in the near future and making it so that you can be even more efficient and get through more jobs and make sure that your folks out there are doing things in a more efficient manner. Now, Michael, last one here from me, what is, demand response and why is it so important to dealers out there 
demand response kind of falls under one of the legs of of train technologies where you know we don't necessarily picture ourselves as an HVAC company, right? We want to be more considered as a sustainability company, right? And so mm-hmm. demand response is is basically a concept that emerged several years ago from energy management companies and utilities. And you know, this is very regional, right? It's it's very different in California versus Texas versus in the north, right? But the concept is simple. It's basically where these utilities can analyze how much backup is on the electrical grids. Then the hope is that they could then send a signal when when the grid is backed up, they could send a signal either through the cloud or directly to a thermostat or an HVAC system saying, hey, the grid is backed up, can you throttle a little bit, right? So they might it might change the set point or it might limit the capacity of the compressor, you know, if it was a, you know, variable speed compressor. And utilities love this, right? Because number one, they're they're able to save the costs that they they have when the grid is backed up, right? Mm-hmm. For overage costs. But the other portion that's really important to to the homeowner is that you know the homeowners can sign up for these programs, and the utilities will pay them back for for being able to sign up. You know, and it doesn't completely lock the homeowners into like, oh yeah, you you can never go, you know, too hot or too cold. You know, they can override it at any time. But the concept is, yeah, the utilities can kind of send that signal and say, hey, we really would appreciate it if, you know, we use less energy at these times. And so homeowners can definitely benefit. You know, demand response is not possible unless there is a connection to the HVAC, right? And so that's where it comes into this smart home. You know, it has to have a a smart thermostat that's Wi-Fi connected so we can receive that signal and do what uh, the utility is asking of, of the homeowner. So it can be very beneficial to the homeowners. Um, and dealers, you know, with our thermostats, as we look to to getting the integrations with the utility partners, um, which is one of the efforts that we're currently taking on, dealers will be able to sell that feature, you know, depending on what region they're in and what utility partners there are and, and what rebates are, are being offered. Well, and there's so many people out there that are making sure that they are cutting back on, you know, the, the way that they're impacting the environment. And they want to make sure that they're being as efficient in their home as possible. And this is one way you can sell it. You're selling efficient equipment. So why not take it to the next level and make sure you're selling that, you know, the connected control, the smart home, so that you can make sure that your impact, more or less, is, is as low as possible by working in conjunction with the utilities, wherever you might be. It's it's really a, it's a very cool concept. And, you know, it's funny we are talking the future of, of smart home and of, of the industry and everything. It seems like it, it's something that's so far away. Like, Oh, well, when, when the grid gets backed up, it's going to help throttle down the systems in this area in order to help the grid recover and all these things. It sounds so futuristic, but it's really not something that's all that far away. It's the discussions are already being had. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's already here. There's a lot of integrators that are, that we're talking to and, and trying to get partnerships with a lot of the big dogs, if you will, across the country. So yeah, we really want to be able to have that solution and, and option for for our homeowners. This has all been some amazing information on the future of the industry and the future of smart home, the future of connected controls, trained American standard home apps, and all these different, you know, futuristic ideas that are pretty much already here. So we want to thank both Michael and Carrie for coming on and discussing the future of This part of the industry, we want to thank all of you out there for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
Pandora, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. Just search Taurus Talk. Follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn using the hashtag Taurus Talk. And as always, catch all of our podcasts on our website or our app, sgtaurus.com backslash Taurus Podcast, or click right on that podcast icon when you go on to our app. I want to thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Taurus.